Welcome to the People, Passion, and Purpose podcast, where you will hear from creative small business owners in the trenches every single day, talking story, talking lessons, talking failures, talking truth. I'm your host, Nina L. Kovner. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back to the podcast. Oh my God, it's been forever since we have been with you guys. And I just have to say, sorry, you know, life gets in the way, shit happens, but we are so stoked to be back with an awesome guest. This week we have Benjamin J, who's not only a dear friend of mine, but also a salon owner, a hairdresser, a marketer, a smart as fuck human being. <laughs> and... Welcome, Benjamin J. It is good to be here, especially with an introduction like that. I should come around more often. I know. you. I totally agree with that. You know, <laughs> you and I go so far back. And I just love it because I love that we're talking. Thank you for saying yes to sharing your story. I love that we're talking because you have been there since day one at Passion Square. That is you know? true. And it's was- so crazy. It was uh, one of the early uh, social media success stories I think that we both had in terms of starting to reach out and connect with people that you didn't know or that you hope you might get to know. That's Uh, right. And so, yeah, it was pretty cool. It really was. And you brought me out to Chicago and I got to do a class. That was like 2012 or... 20, that, 2013 yeah, that sounds about right. so so very long ago and oh my god like nothing's changed and everything's changed you know <laughs> yeah yeah that is <laughs> the best way to, to describe it it's so crazy so let's talk about you how long have you been an owner and why did you choose to become one well um that is actually i i feel like my story is always like different than most people mm-hmm. uh being a second generation uh, stylist and salon owner. Uh, it's a family business that my parents started in 1980. So I sometimes don't feel like I made the conscious decision uh, to become an owner. Mm-hmm. Um, when I graduated high school, I went to college for a year. Didn't want to do that. Um, I really did want to focus on management and marketing. And so then I was working full time, just helping mom and dad. And I thought, you know what, I've got a business right here that I can manage and market. And so I just figured that nothing was going to teach me better than the experience of just trying was going Mm, to. mm -hmm. And luckily, um, that was very early in social media and Internet and the importance of those. And since mom and dad didn't really know what to do with it, it was kind of like, sure, you can do that Facebook thing. You can do that. (laughs) We did an AOL instant messenger so that because we were on a college campus so that college students could could I am. Uh, and request an appointment. And dad was like, who's going to do that? I was like, I'll handle it. He was like, all right, go ahead. I so, love it. So, yeah. And so then that evolved. And I figured, you know, if I was going to be running the place, I needed to go to beauty school and get the technical side of stuff, too. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just constantly been an evolution um, of what is the next, you know, what is the next thing that I need to get in order to keep growing. And you and I share that in common, this passion for business, you know, and, I, you know, I went to beauty school and I, I mean, I was okay or whatever, but I, I didn't realize I had the passion for business. But once I got the business bug, of course, that's where I stayed. And I, I think that that's so important because we all know that uh, many creative folks lack that business. 
you know, yeah. that business experience or that business wisdom or whatever. And and they need folks like you and I to, um, you know, to reach their their goals and objectives. Um, you had mentioned um, AOL Messenger and you <laughs> yeah. were obviously a very early adopter in, in, in the social space. What did you see? What opportunities did you see then? And what opportunities do you see now? Uh, you know, at the time, it was I, it just felt like if you were going to be early, you could really succeed with it. So obviously, uh, AOL Instant Messenger was not a big platform, but we thought it'd be cool. But Yelp was a big one that we tried to get on early. Um, Facebook pages was something that we tried to get on really early. Um, and then inevitably, what ended up happening was because I wasn't I didn't really have a strategy at that point. It just became, you know call today and book and get a free shampoo call today and get 10% off. And so then I, I had, I had stylists that were like, these are my regulars. Could you please stop giving them 10% off just because they booked <laughs> through Facebook? And so, yeah, so like there was opportunity there and then there was also learning, you know, what mm -hmm. works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, the stuff that I see today is, you know, there, there's still a, you know, plethora of opportunity for people. Um, if they understand what their goal is with it, you know, um, I think that trying to get to the 50, 75, 100,000 followers is probably really hard. Um, I'm not anywhere near those, so I don't know what that experience is like, but I think that there's still a huge potential for you to get, you know, a couple thousand, a few thousand, and then have a very loyal and local following if mm. people have a local business. Loyal you know? and local. Yeah. You know, I love that. Uh, it, it, it's so true because it, it's still a, a, a very misunderstood that the amount collecting followers is completely irrelevant if you're not meeting your objective Correct. and getting clear on what outcome you're seeking. And, and I love that you really simplified that into loyal and local. If, in fact, your objective is to build a local business. Correct. You know, like I used to get to tour with schools all over the country and they would start following the salon. And so it was like, well, I really want you following our education department, not the salon, because if I'm trying to post stuff and get people to come to the salon and you're just a beauty cool school student in Arizona, that's not really going to help me get a client in Chicago. You know, like, yeah, it looks good because everybody, of course, you look at the numbers like, wow, they've got that many followers. but. Mm -hmm they're not really going to be coming and paying for services. Yeah. So you, you had mentioned Yelp, which is still like the most hated platform ever. And I'm still mm -hmm. a fan all these hundred years later. Mm -hmm. I'm still um, a fan. Of course. So, so th that's such a myth. Like, and it's interesting. I just actually did a little totally anecdotal impromptu poll on passion squared Insta stories. Where do you know where your referrals come from? You know, where they come from, whatever. And of course, Yelp came up on almost every answer, but no one right. talks about it. It's almost like the thing you just don't want to admit because right. it's more popular to be a Yelp hater than yeah. than to admit that a majority of your referrals actually do come outside of Instagram, even though you spend all fucking day on Instagram. Well, Instagram is pretty and it's fun and it feels yes. more of the now. And it's social. You know, whereas, yeah. And it's where we're personally hanging out, probably. And so mm -hmm. then, of course, you want to participate in it. Yes. But... You know, Yelp, Yelp for us. I mean, Google's number one. Yelp is number mm -hmm. two. So Google's come up for number one for you. Yeah, we still get a lot of referral 
you know, still just people searching Chicago hair salon. Mm -hmm. And then that still is a big driver. Um, But in Chicago, like you don't, the culture of the city is that you don't go anywhere new before yelping it. Even if your friend says like, Hey, hair loft is awesome. You should go check out Ben. You go, okay, cool. And then you go to Yelp and you make sure your friend isn't full of it. (laughs) And then you back, you know, you want that, you want Yelp to back them up. Yeah. So yeah, it's super important, you know? And so we put, we put our Instagram photos on there. We've got all of the information filled out and excellent. One location's got four and a half stars and the other one's got five. And so we look Fantastic. good. And so people yeah. want to come. Come up high in search. And while we're talking about Yelp, let's just let me just do like a little like sidebar. No, you don't have to pay Yelp to advertise, guys. Consistent reviews is all you need. Consistent reviews. You need to optimize your page. Like Ben just said, upload photos. Make sure that the titles of the photos are on point with what you're marketing. That's all you got to do, guys. A few reviews a month, a few reviews a month. You're going to rank high in search. You're going to rank high on voice search. You're going to rank high in general if you have a consistent Yelp page. So, um, and you can hate them. You can hate them all you want, but it still works. It still works. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay. So we're now we're talking about the not so sexy parts of building a business um, because you and I geek out on this shit. Um, I know you're passionate about marketing and you and I kind of came together several years ago on email marketing because I was super passionate about it and you were looking at ways to build your email marketing. So, you know, I have to ask you to tell the story about that first holiday campaign you did a hundred years ago. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, (laughs) my theory and and it is, you know, right in line with the passion square theory is like content is your marketing and you have to be delivering it, you know, with context to, you know, what your message is. And so, um, it's become our annual campaign for the holidays, which is, you know, November 2nd, November 3rd, something like that. It's just a general email to people that don't already have a reservation set up. Here are hours. Here's our product packages. Here's, you know, maybe special services that we have. We don't really do a lot of discounting, but just simply saying, here's when we're going to be here. And every single year, it is our most popular email in in terms of like, I can see how much service gets booked from that email. Um, And so then, you know, we tend to just keep breaking off pieces, pieces of it, you know? So like today I just did another email that was before you cut the turkey, get a haircut. Uh, and again, it was directed at people that hadn't been in in like two months that still don't have an appointment set up because we're going to be here. You know, we still have tomorrow, well, the Saturday, tomorrow as of this recording. And then we're there the Monday, the Tuesday and the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So if I still got time, I still want people before they're cutting their turkey. So, um, you know, and it's really just about creating the, the content for it. Uh, which isn't that hard. You know, you can really make that what, you know, listeners can make that what they want, but it's about understanding what is your strategy and what is your desired outcome from that. So um, it's always been good for us. And it's generated several thousand dollars in revenue. Yeah. Every time, you know, yeah. and would those people have come in? You know, they might've gotten Maybe around to it, some of them. but I, I would rather get them scheduled and get them, you know, in their calendars and, you know, on the book. Absolutely. I mean, that's your job, right? Right. It's like, right. do your fucking job. Right. And I'm, if I'm the customer, I'm busy. You know, I'm busy. You know, I've got family and this and cooking and holidays and shopping. 
Yeah. Remind me. Give me a nice little reminder with a call to action with an easy little booking link. Definitely. And and help me out here. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. Right. It's like email. Those kind of emails are not intrusive. What's intrusive is random spam. Yes. That's and, and intrusive. That's, and that's why like picking and choosing, you know, who you're sending it to and when you're sending it. Like I said, I remove people that already have an appointment. Because if right. they already have one, why am I, you know, hey, book an appointment? Well, they already have it. So mission accomplished with them already. So don't waste an email. And most email um, marketing platforms have a segment. You can segment them. So it's right. simple or or your salon software or your business software. I got that email on November 2nd or 3rd because I don't have an appointment. <laughs> oh, I don't have yeah. an appointment with you <laughs> in Chicago. So I got my I got my booking reminder. Thank you for that. No problem. <laughs> Hope to see you before you carve the yeah, turkey. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So do you have any frequency of send besides the holidays? How do you how do you manage that? Um, I will say that this year I've gotten a little bit behind on extra emails. So we have standard ones that are automated. Mm. So I have one that goes out to people uh, five weeks after their last one, if they haven't set one up, uh, which is just simply uh uh, a little reminder that I think our subject line is just a heads up. So it's got a little Cute. pun in there. Yeah. Um, and then another one. How does that one work? Um, it, we do work through our booking software. So we use salon transcripts. And so they have part of their uh, email program is called notifications. Excellent. And you can set your content, set your imagery, your links or whatever's going to be in your email. And then it will just whoever's you know, hits those requirements today, it'll send out those emails. And do you get bookings from those emails? Yes. Um, you know, it, it depends on what the client's frequency is. So then there's another one that goes out after eight weeks that we change the content. So it's not just us nagging them. Right. But the one after eight weeks is a little bit more newsletter style where it's mm. like, here's what's new and now and like what's going on in the salon um, maybe new services, new products, like here's what you're missing out on by not being here. Um, and usually by then that one will start to capture people's attention. Cause a lot of people with balayages and long hair, you know, are coming. Yeah. That, their like frequency of visit weeks. is less. Yeah. But it, you're still doing your job. You're still saying, Hey, yeah. we miss you. Like, right. Get your ass in here. I love that because I mean, we all have to put our client hats on here. We forget. We forget. I yeah. was telling a story. I don't know if it was earlier in the year or last year, but I had a business. I I was in a uh, membership, you know, uh -huh. and um, so I was I was already paid for services and they forgot to pre book me. And I and it was a monthly I was an every four week client and I missed two cycles of that two months. Wow. And the only phone call I got from them was that they needed me to update my credit card information for my <laughs> membership. Not where have right. you been? Not, right. oh my gosh, you've gone two months without seeing us. Right. They just so, wanted my money. I was pissed. Right. And that definitely creates a, a negative guest experience because, Horrible. well, you thought you signed up for this value. They didn't when care. You didn't get it. Yeah, they didn't yeah. actually care. When you email me, you say, I care. We're paying attention. I care yeah. that you have your holiday reservation. I care that you haven't been in in eight weeks because I know you love having that fresh haircut or that right. fresh color or whatever business you're in. Fresh, whatever. Um, I love that. I love that. Um, okay, I want to just switch gears for a minute. I, You have a second location now. We do. Okay. And you've kind of built that from scratch. So... 
Can you share a little bit of, um, you know, we talked about social, we've talked about marketing. Have you tapped into any of those tools to actually build a team? Um, so like using social to build a team uh-huh. or just, just other- those relationships and online relationships? You know, um, I'm sure that it is attractive. Like we tend to hire like fresh out of beauty school, mm. you know? And so um, most of the recruiting is probably more a combination of having a good relationship with our local school, you know, going in and doing um, some form of a presentation or, you know, when they do like career fairs and stuff, attending those. Uh, and then I'm sure that social does become a part of it because then they follow the salon and they right. go, wow, you know, like they're doing cool stuff. But um I think that it, you know, the IRL, the in real life stuff is also really, really important to, you know, getting in the school if that's where you're hiring from. Right. Um, you know, so I, I don't know that I use social as too much of a recruiting tool. Um, but when we do have a job posting, we'll, of course, share it. And that then tends to get people to message and say, hey, I'm interested at least. So you keep an ongoing relationship with the local schools because your business model is hiring graduates. Yeah, I was just talking with uh, one of the placement leaders this afternoon, actually, because she's putting together next year's calendar. And so I was asking, when when can I come? And she said, you have first dibs because you hired the most of, of our graduates, you know, more than wow. any other salon this year. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so, you know, like you got to be got to be present and participate. That's right. Um, and build those relationships on purpose. That's so true because you, many times what happens is someone's like, oh shit, I need people. And it's like, yeah. well, do you have a relationship with your up. school? And it's like, no. Right. Because I, it, just like a, social though, relations, it takes time to build trust and relationships online or off. Definitely. I, I think that there's a huge difference between hiring and recruiting. Yeah. Um, and you're always recruiting. You know, you always want to be the salon that is the spot to work and like should be known as like the place to be. But you're not always going to be hiring. Sometimes you've already got people in development. You don't have space or whatever. But in that moment, when you do need somebody, you want to have some resumes on hand or some contacts that you can be like, hey, doors open. We're ready. Yeah. I love that recruiting versus hiring. And that's probably a sports thing, right? Because you're Mr. Sports. I'm sure the colleges, you know, <laughs> are always trying to recruit like who the next next right. you know team is going to be. Yeah, uh, scouting, they're even. scouting. Exactly. So, but yeah, you know, like you just want to put yourself in the best position and then when you need it, it's there. That is the right term scouting, right? Isn't that scout? Yeah. Scout, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, who the fuck am I? I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> just trying to be relate with you, man. That's Throw all. out sports terms. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. So sports terms. Okay. Um, let's, I, I want to talk quickly about retail. Retail. Okay. Now, of course, within the context of we're talking about the salon industry. And um, again, you're a marketer. So retail's changed a lot. It definitely has. What? So what's um, happening and where, what, what's your kind of like take? How are you making it happen for the salons? I mean, I think it, it really does depend on, on like the salon setup, you know, now again, like you were saying, we're multi-location. I've got 15 stylists at one location, eight at the other. So both locations are pretty sizable compared to what the average salon is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it comes down to, you know, its importance is like, what are you currently doing? If your revenue is is 
2% coming from take-home sales, mm-hmm. I think it would be hard to justify that. And I think it's also hard to honestly get upset if product manufacturers are selling online because you're not selling it. So they've got to sell it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to take it seriously and you're going to incorporate it into your experience and it's mm-hmm. part of your style profile and your recommendations and you're planning on it, um, our retail is somewhere closer to like nine to 10%. So it's not the best, but it's a decent amount of our total sales. Um, you know, you can, you can continue to participate. You know, it is still more convenient. Most of the time, I think you can match the price of what they can find on manufacturers' websites and Amazon. And if you want to uh, do some sort of a rewards program, there's that. Mm. I like what you were saying about reworking your business model and incorporating it into the price if you do that way. In so there are still ways, ways to win. To do it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there are still ways to win, but you just got to pick and choose your battles. You know, like if it's not going to be substantial for you, I don't see the point in doing it. Right. What 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 is your thoughts on the Amazon local stores? Is that something you guys are going to do or are you just going to sit back and watch integrate um, maybe a little bit? I'm I'm just going to keep doing what we're doing. If I started to see the numbers change, then perhaps I would look more into it. But gotcha. Um, and I that's feel pretty OK confident with our experience right now. You yeah. know, And we we started uh, we added to our website our own e-commerce now we haven't had a ton of sales through it but at least then i can participate that way and Mm -hmm. you know we can send it to people locally and it's not too expensive and again like we've always said the most important is when someone's inside the four walls of the business and if you're delivering on that experience and promise then they're walking out with whatever they need and it could be nothing or it could be multiple items you know, right. and that's yeah. really the most, most important part. That's good to hear. I mean, the thing we have to remember is, you know, I learned very early on in my career, executing the fundamentals that never changes. It never that changes. Never every changes. advanced haircutting class for the creatives, every advanced haircutting class you take is always about like your, your geometric shapes and like three techniques. Yeah. And so, you know, it's the same with business is, you know, an advanced business class would be getting back down to what is your, yeah. what is your mission? What is your values? How are you going to execute them? And right. what are your logistics and numbers? Like, yeah, we get so distracted by the shiny objects and I get it because we're human, but right. that's the thing that I have always, has always served me well is, is, is getting back to executing the fundamentals consistently. And if you do that, you can add shiny objects here and there and tap into <laughs> yeah. new technologies to make things more awesome, more efficient, you know, up the level up the experience, whatever, but the fundamentals don't change. Right. Yeah. You know, it, the new stuff can support the old school. Yeah. Then, you know, good. So true. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, anything you wish you would have known be- before becoming a leader and uh, owner of a business? You know, um, I'm sure that there is. Um, I just can't, I can't come up with any. I was lucky that my parents were business owners before I got into it. Yeah. So they set a really great model to follow. Shout out to um, mom and dad. Mom and dad. Yeah. If it, if it weren't for them, I certainly... I certainly wouldn't be in the business, but I also wouldn't have such a good blueprint to be able to follow. So true. Um, and I was able to, you know, even before beauty school, I was taking classes with, with Robert Cromings, with Stephen Terry Cowan. And mm-hmm. um, I remember seeing you at Gathering one year <laughs> before going to beauty school. So like there, I had great exposure to 
good role models before. Mm. Um, but that's so a I lesson like, right there. Yeah. Yeah. You had I mean, exposure. You didn't walk I, in blind. Yeah. So I, I felt like I had had some knowledge and like I picked it up relatively quickly. Um, I am surprised when I see people buy a business and then like, hey, guys, how do I run a hair salon? I just bought one on Friday. I'm like, yeah. I know. Oh man. Okay. All right. Cool. So, um, but yeah, having that, having that exposure knowledge beforehand did really, really set me up for success. I love that. Um, passion. What does passion mean to you? Um, there is a really good quote from Steve jobs that he said something along the lines of like, passion is what keeps you going. It's almost in like, it, it, it'll drive you crazy because if you're truly passionate about it, you'll keep going when other people would, would give up. And, uh, I know that that's not exactly verbatim how he said it, but, um, I think that that's what it is. You know, this is a pretty, pretty hard industry in order to make an impact, whether it is, you know, in a salon or growing a business or education or anything. Um, and you have a lot of people that drop out for whatever various reasons. But when that going gets tough, having the passion to just keep pushing through, uh, I think, is is the only thing that, that gets you through sometimes. I, there, there's no question. I'm actually trying to find um, a quote, um, a Steve Jobs quote, because my next question, of course, was a favorite quote of yours. <laughs> Um, there is that one. That one is good. Um, I would probably actually say something that my dad would always say, which is, uh, if you take care of your people, your people will take care of you. Um, and he might've gotten that from the Marine Corps, but, um, that is, that is another thing that I, that I often see is business owners talking or treating their employees as a burden rather than a blessing. And, um, you know, I get like there's numbers and you, you want to keep your costs down and and everything. But to me, I love seeing payroll go up like, yeah, if if they're winning, then I'm winning. Uh, and as an owner, you're not a success if your team's not a success. And so um, trying to really flip the script on that. And so that quote has always stuck with me, I you know, because if we if we take care of them, they'll take care of us. And it's so true. And the, and and the guests will be taken care of as well. I mean, right. that's just kind of culture 101. And I, I, I just I love I love that. And I, I just love that because it is so simple. Yet we do see people get so stressed out about their people and trust being broken, particularly right. in the professional salon industry. Um, and it really is as simple as really giving a fuck right. about your people. Yeah. That's my quote. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that one next to the other one. Then, <laughs> um, thank you so much. Where can we find you? So we have, of course, your amazing salons, the hair lofts in Chicago. That's right. Uh, where so can we are, find you online, offline, wherever? Um, if they do want to follow or check out the salon, it's at the hair loft LTD on Instagram. Awesome. I am. Uh, my personal Instagram is at B-N-J-M-N-J-Y. It's Benjamin J minus the vowels. Minus um, the vowels. Yeah. Awesome. That one is, has lately mostly just been me and dog photos. Love it. But That's the can, most popular shit on Instagram. Yeah. I do love answering questions. So if people want to 
you know, yes. DM me or ask me anything that's good. Uh, and my email is ben at thehairloftltd.com. Awesome. Ben, thank you so much. This was so awesome. I feel like it's like throwback Thursday and it's flashback Friday. It's actually we're there recording on a Friday, Friday, right? Yeah. It's just so, so good to connect with you and, and just following you through the years and watching you grow. And, you know, I love your family. And yep. um, I'm just so it's such an honor to to be on this journey with you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. You're welcome. Thanks, you guys, so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To learn more about Passion Squared, you can visit us at passionsquared.net. You can find us on the gram and on Facebook at Passion Squared. And be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. We're so grateful. Thank you so much for joining us. Have an awesome day, guys. Love you.